Do you have a hard time controlling what you say? Well, in today's episode, we're going to be diving into James chapter 3, and we're going to be learning not just the power of the tongue, but how we can control it. So turn to James chapter 3, and let's get into it. Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. What's up, my friends? I am so, so excited to be with you guys here on today's podcast as we continue our study here in James chapter 3. Now, today is going to be quite interesting because as I was preparing and studying and praying for this, God really convicted me. And as always, when we, again, stand strong in God's word, God will speak to us. God will reveal things in our lives sometimes when we least expect it. And so as I'm going to be going through the, the first six verses here in James chapter three in a minute, as I was going through this though, and looking at the power of the tongue and really looking at one, my relationship with God. Two, as a married man, 20 plus years in marriage and thinking, what does that look like? What, what mean things have I said? How inconsiderate have I been when I've lashed out at times and said hurtful things to my wife when I was growing up? How was I being obedient to my parents, siblings? How, how did I treat them? How did I speak you know, words of encouragement to them? And then years later, when I was ordained as a pastor, it's like all these years as a pastor, have I spoken God's truth over people? Have I encouraged people? Have I uplifted people? You know, you can speak the truth. You can exegetically look at a passage of scripture. And hopefully again, every time we do this podcast, every time you guys listen, that you're getting contextually the word of God and, and, and that we do our best to, again, rigorously you know, dive into study, not just the commentaries in the original language and understand the historical and geographical and language uh, ba- background to, to the writers that we are studying in the, in, the, in the canonicity of scripture. But as we pray and asking for the Holy Spirit to illuminate, to reveal his truth, I mean, you could do that. But the question is, is though, do you also live a life of love and grace and mercy? And the tongue is certainly one of those things, you guys, that we can measure where a person is at. Uh, you know, are they a mature Christian? Are they an immature Christian? And so as we dive into this, it's, it's going to be unique in the sense that as we, as, we, as we speak about the power of the tongue, but also in this series in chapter three, how we can control it. So I think there's about four or five messages that I'm going to give just in chapter three alone. But the overarching theme here is we have to control the tongue. And a person who controls the tongue is a person who has not just self-control in them. They're not just a disciplined person. They are a godly person. So I want you to think right now, in the last few days, maybe in the last few hours, how have you spoken to people? How have you treated people? When was the last time you encouraged someone? through a text, through face-to-face conversation that you just said, you know what, God has me, God wants me to say something to you. And maybe it was a bit awkward, but you did it because you felt compelled to do it. I just had that recently with someone. 
God had given me a dream and I reached out to this person. I haven't talked to them in, in quite some time and left a voice message and just said, hey, this may sound weird, but here it is. And it was God's way of using that to encourage this individual. I didn't know how they were going to receive it. I just was being obedient because I knew something was up. God was, God was, God was wanting to show me something with this person. And, and they, they contacted me and it encouraged this person greatly. And that uplifted me, that encouraged me. And that was a word of encouragement. I could have ignored it. So the other thing is think about how many times we have ignored the opportunity to speak truth to someone, to encourage someone. So if you are a kind of person who uses the tongue, you say a lot of hurtful things, you're very judgmental, very critical, you are condescending, you interrupt people when they're talking, you don't let people speak. People who are very vindictive, people who slander other people, remember that's defaming someone's reputation. We'll be talking about that in James chapter four down the road. But people who do that, they're not good listeners, are they? They cannot control the tongue. Therefore, as we're going to be seeing in this series, in James chapter 3, verses 1 through 18, therefore, that type of person, you guys, is not a mature, godly person. I don't care how many seminary degrees you have. I don't care if you're even a pastor, you're ordained minister, and you lead a church of 10,000. If you cannot control the tongue, you are an immature, senseless, careless Christian. And so as we go through this, just as I've, I've told you before, man, I, I've been really challenged. And perhaps even as I go through this, God will speak to me, even as I'm recording this podcast saying, I need to talk to so-and-so because I was maybe speaking down to them. Maybe I wasn't being considerate to what they're going through. So I, let, let that really sink in. So think about what you've been saying lately, how you've been saying it. And just, if you can, take time to even go back, maybe as far back in your childhood and recall if there's ever been a time when you have mistreated someone. You know, there's some people listening to this podcast where you have a foul mouth. I mean, it's not like every other word is a cuss word, but you have a foul mouth, especially when you get angry and you need to confess that. So they're gonna, there's, it's going to look differently to different people you guys, and when it comes to controlling the tongue. But all of us have bad mouth people. All of us have fallen to gossip. All of us have slandered a person or two, if, and God forbid, more than that. But all of us are guilty of allowing the tongue to say things and do things that are not honorable to the Lord. And as we're going through this study, we will realize that that is from the heart. So from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And if you recall, James regularly, as he studied the Proverbs and the scriptures, that, was, that, that is the Jewish scriptures, he also had a great knowledge and understanding parabolically of his half-brother's teaching, particularly the Sermon on the Mount, which is the outline of this whole little letter that he's writing to the scattered church. So, James, when he's speaking now here in James 3, he is really pulling a lot of the teachings of Jesus here, you guys. So now in the, verse, in the, in the first 12 verses in James chapter 3, what he's going to do is he's going to return, that is James, back to the discussion of the tongue. 
Now, if you recall in James chapter one, verse 19, he says, know this, my beloved brother, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And then he says in verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So notice, before we even dive into verse one of, cha of chapter three, if we go back and remember, verse 19 is really the outline. And again, if you've missed any previous podcasts, whether it be the Gospels, the Book of Acts that we've studied now here in James, go to standstrongministries.org, click on podcasts, and all my notes, everything's there. And again, share this with, with your friends out there. Get into groups, have study groups, of, and, and use our notes and take the podcast and, and, and help other people grow in their knowledge of God's Word as we all stand strong in the Word. I love hearing the stories of you guys doing that. It's amazing. It touches my heart. So if you go back to verse 19, remember when he talks about being quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, that's the outline of the totality of James's letter. That's his thesis, if you will. And so here in verse 26, then he's saying, if you think you're religious, if you think you're a big shot, if you think that you are the standard of what a Christian should look like, and yet you can't even bridle your tongue, you can't even control your tongue, you say hurtful things, you slander people, you put people down, you use foul language, you're deceiving your own heart. You're a hypocrite. And guess what? Your religion, the way you live, he's saying, is worthless. It's worthless. So you guys, please hear what the word of God says to us. We, we fixate so much on other aspects of our life, and yet we communicate. That's who we are. We are creatures who communicate. And the ones who ignore the power of the tongue typically do the most damage. And through the years, sadly, I've, I've sat across the table from many abused individuals, women who've been verbally abused, men who've been verbally abused, and sadly, children. The tongue is a powerful weapon, you guys. It is a powerful, powerful tool. So with that, if you have a Bible available, let's turn to James chapter three and let's read verses one through six here. Verse one, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble. That in Greek means commit acts of sin. So we all stumble, we all commit acts of sin in many ways, James writes. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect, mature man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, whatever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. That literally means the wheel of life and set on fire by hell. 
The Greek word here that James uses is Gehenna, which is known as the Valley of Hinnom, which was a literal place that existed. And so he was comparing that to hell because it was a treacherous, horrible, despicable, smelly place where they would burn uh, dead animal carcasses and trash. And so he's using that as, as a way to uh, speak about hell. All right, so let's break down this passage here in James chapter 3. Okay, so the, the overarching theme here is how we can control the tongue. But what James does here in verses 1 through 6 is, why is that so important? Because the power of the tongue, because of the damage that the, the tongue can do. Now, what was happening, which is still happening today, is that many in the early church become leaders hastily. Many people in the church, you guys, they become leaders in the church for the wrong reasons. They're, they're not jumping into the ministry to shepherd souls, to be overseers of people's souls. A lot of times people go into these positions because they're positions of power. They're, they're, they're positions of influence. And let me just say something. You either really have two alternatives to someone who, let's say, in the context of a, a teacher here, a leader in the church who is very hostile. Maybe they're very condescending. They're very judgmental. They're very harsh with their words. Two alternatives. One, you stay under that person and you'll be spiritually abused. Or two, you confront that person with the word of God and see if they repent. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that you just personally go to that person. There are other people that you can go to to seek advice and counsel. But these people, you guys, we have to understand something. They are called to a higher standard. They will be judged with a greater strictness. When I evaluate the thousands of messages that I've given and the countless books that I've written out there and the podcasts and the messages and the Q&As and all the conversations and all the counseling sessions, you guys, I'm in a world of trouble. I'm in a world of trouble because I will honestly confess to you guys that, I've, that I have not always approached every situation, every message, every book um, with the greatest intent. There are times you get sidetracked and there are times when you encounter a rude person or you just don't, don't feel good or you're just impatient, or you got, you got problems um, that you have to deal with, and you're just getting tired of having to deal with other people's problems. And, and in the flesh, you can say things that are going to be hurtful. And so one of the things that James says is if you can't control your own life and your own affairs, and this is a standard for elders in 1 Timothy chapter 3, if you can't control your own family, if you can't manage your own the, your own family affairs and how can you control and run and manage people in the church? If I don't have a good marriage, let's say, and my kids disobey me and they're disrespectful because I haven't disciplined them and I haven't loved on them and I haven't cared for them and I haven't exhorted them the way that I ought to, according to scripture in Ephesians chapter six, one through four, then how, how can I advise people in the church to have a good marriage, to raise respectful, children as we see in Titus chapter 2 how can I do that so likewise 
why would you sit under someone who is supposedly teaching the truth of God, yet with their own tongue, they say hurtful things? You guys, that is a contradiction. So many people I hear, and this is why I want to point on this, is before I move further, I want to point this out. So many people tell me, oh yeah, I mean, he's a great preacher. He teaches the word of God. But man, when I've interacted with a person off the stage, uh, very judgmental, very short, not a good listener, talks over me. Or I've had so many people say, yeah, I, you know, confronted respectfully. We have some concerns, read some verses. And pastors tell me, how dare you? Who do you think you are? I know more than you. And they say hurtful things to people. And we have to remember, you guys, that is as important as what they're doing in the pulpit. And so you have to look, you look at that as a measuring rod. Now, those people, including myself, when, you, when I look at all the things that I've said and done, I will give an account, just like you will. But people who are in, a, in, in spiritual authority, they're at a stricter judgment. So all the more reason why you have to be careful. It's like people in the public, right? When you're in public eye, you just can't get away with a whole lot because everyone's watching and you're supposed to be this role model. And so many in the early church, you guys, they were using their positions of power and they were abusing it. And they were in these positions of power for all the wrong reasons. And I do think that a lot of people who are very uh, condescending, who are very, uh, they're rude, okay? They say uh, rude things. Their comments are inappropriate times. That's an indication clearly of the heart, but I also put that person in check and wonder, are they even in this position for the right reasons? Now, this phrase, be judged with a stricter, uh, with greater strictness, leaders, remember, are not, they're not only responsible for themselves. See, that's the point. They're not just responsible for themselves, but they're responsible for the people that God has put in their care. It's like you think about a nursing home. You're not there as a worker, the director and the staff and the nurses and the people who take care of people in the nursing home. I have a grandmother in a nursing home. They're not there just to take care of themselves. Their responsibility and families pay for this service to take care of these elderly people. And remember, Jesus said that he came to save the sick. He came to reach the lost. And, and that's how we have to see the church. And pastors, I think, have forgotten that. They want people to catch the vision and they want to have a big church that reaches a lot of people that has, you know, a TV show on some network and they're broadcasting stuff and they're writing books. A lot of people get into that business because they're like a motivational speaker. And as long as they're there to motivate you to be a better you, then they're doing their job. No, the stricter judgment that we see that leaders will fall under is not just how you live your life privately, which does matter and speaks volumes, but so many people can go out there in public and pretend to be something. But our responsible, responsibility as spiritual leaders is to guide people, to train people, to direct people. Leaders will be judged. So if you're a leader, you're listening, no matter the capacity in a small group, you're the leader of your home, 
or you happen to be, because I know we have several pastors around the world who listen to this podcast, and I'm grateful to these men. If you're listening right now and you're an elder of a church, you're a pastor of a church, you will be judged by how you live, my friends, your life and what you teach and how you teach it. It's not just what you teach, but how you teach it. Therefore, James is cautioning the church not to promote a person to leadership without first confirming they are morally and theologically sound. So a lot of times when you're, when I, and I've been in so many interviews with pastors through the years who eventually became colleagues of mine, but I remember the process, one of the key things that we would look at as in, in our process, you know, when we'd be debriefing was the tone in which they communicated their information and how they they took in the questions. Were they offended? Were they getting defensive to where they were attacking? Were they using the tongue, you know, in a fleshly desire, in a fleshly way? You guys, that's very insightful. So it's not just how we morally live our lives and how theologically sound we are, but the tone in which we go about it. Jesus provided a considerable amount of teaching when you look at it, when it comes to leaders and, and, and who causes people to sin. The great judgment will fall on those people. Better a millstone, right, to be tossed around them and cast into to the lake and drown than to lead one person, you guys, to sin. And so listen, in this context, controlling the tongue is vital. Controlling the tongue is vital. Verse two, for we all stumble. So yes, we all commit acts of sin in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is perfect. So what he's saying is like, look, if you have never said anything inappropriate, if you've never used foul language, if you've never said anything in anger, if you've never put somebody down, if you've never gossiped, if you've never, if you've never done any of that, you're a perfect person. You're completely mature. Why? Not because you attain all knowledge, but because you're able to bridle the tongue, which controls the entire body. So every human being we know is born in sin. Therefore, every human being will sin with our mouths. We will say things that we don't want to say. Not even Moses, when you look at Psalm 106, verse 33, or Paul in Acts chapter 23, verse 5, were able to control their tongues. So here in verses 3 through 6, James, he proceeds now to demonstrate the power of the uncontrollable tongue with three analogies. He gives a horse, a ship, and a forest fire to talk about the power of the tongue. So here in verse three, he gives the first analogy. He uses a horse. He uses a strong animal to convey his point. And what's amazing though, is that when you think of a horse and you think of a bit, a small bit, is that amazing how even a small piece in the mouth of the horse can control that animal and move it into any direction? And to control its tempo and its speed. And that's so true about the tongue, you guys. It's a little member. And yet, this little thing in our bodies can direct and control our entire lives. Think about the devastation that you've had to go through because someone had said something to you that hurt you, that cut you deep. Or think about something you have said to someone and cut them deep. And think, and think about all the relationships or even doors that were closed because you said something offensive 
And nowadays with this whole cancel culture thing, though, it's like you can't say anything without being offensive. And I think a lot of these people are not being intentionally racist. But again, it goes back to when you say something. Like, what's your whole intent of saying that? So he uses an, a horse in this bit to give an example of the tongue. And then he uses a large vessel, a ship. And you have this little rudder, right, that directs it. Now, remember, at the, at the rear end of the ship is this rudder that's attached to the tiller. And this little piece is capable of maneuvering a large ship. So, you know, when you go into the water, when a massive ship is moving, you see these little rudders. It's amazing how they can maneuver a large ship. And that's the tongue, you guys. It's amazing of how it can, it can really set the course of life for us, good or bad. By just what we simply say with our mouths. And then the final analogy here is the forest fire. And so from a small source, talking about the mouth can come powerful things, right? Can come powerful things. Just stop and think of a, I always think of one of the person I think of is Martin Luther King Jr. I have a dream speech, one of the greatest speeches, right? He was a great orator. And I think about how certain messages in certain times fired people up or been under a uh, pastor and listened to a sermon and just convicted me and overwhelmed me. So just like a tiny spark can eventually turn into a massive forest fire and destroy thousands of acres. Think about it, you guys. So too, when you and I say, and it could just be a few words, it's all it takes. It can destroy lives. So I want you guys to think about something. What you say, is it, is it firing people up? Is it motivating people? Is it encouraging people? Or when you say things, is it hurtful? Does it burn up a person's hopes and dreams? Think about that. You either are firing people up, you're motivating them and inspiring them and encouraging them, or you're burning up a person's hopes and dreams because you don't believe in them and you're condescending and you just put them down with so, so many hurtful words. And so he says here in verse six, the tongue is, it's a fire. It's a world of unrighteousness. It stains the whole body. It sets on fire the entire course of life. So the destructive behavior, guys, of the tongue, it can. Think about when, you've, when you just have just let loose and you just let your, your tongue say whatever, right? You just were out of control. And then eventually you're like, especially married couples, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But then the person, your spouse thinking, what is wrong with you? Do we need counseling? Like you just went off. Or maybe you got off on a colleague or maybe you just went off on a child because you're sick and tired of them not doing what you told them to do. But when there's destructive behavior there, you guys, the tongue will follow. And it can get out of control fast, very quickly. And you know what? The sad reality is it can lead to divorce. It can lead to all sorts of things, you guys. Listen to what Solomon writes in Proverbs 18, verse 21. He says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Did you catch that? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. So if you're all about speaking truth to people in love and uplifting people, encouraging people, man, they're going to bear a lot of fruit under your guidance in your friendship with them. 
But the people who can't control the tongue and just say whatever is on their mind with no filter, or you are envious of someone or you're jealous of someone, you're going to say hurtful things. And notice James traces the source of the tongue, you guys. It's evil. So think about this. The evilness of the tongue, according to James, and he'll repeat this back in verse, and he'll repeat this later in verse 14, 15. It comes from hell. Remember, Jesus actually affirmed in Matthew 15, verse 18, what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and this defiles a person. Vine's expository Bible note says, quote, our tongues can burn like a raging fire, according to Proverbs 16, verse 27. Surely fire is a good servant. Its heat has been beneficial. It has beneficial uses, but fire is a bad master if it is not controlled. Fire cooks our meals and, and warms our bodies. It has the power to kill, maim, and destroy. A few miswords can ignite a raging controversy. In fact, he says the tongue gets its destructive power from hell itself in James chapter 3, verse 6, end quote. So my friends, as we conclude this podcast today, as we looked at verses 1 through 6 in James chapter 3, we say, you got to control your tongue. What does that look like? Well, stay with us because we're going to continue to unpack this in the next few episodes as we're looking at James chapter 3 and also going into James chapter 4. But let me just say this in, in closing. If you have in recent days, weeks, and months have allowed the tongue to just set ablaze things that are very destructive, you have to repent. You have to humble yourself because in James chapter four, we'll see, and you guys know this passage, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to what? The humble. But then James goes into talking about how we are to mourn and grieve. What that means is when you and I are truly repentant, we know that we've sinned against God. We see sin the way God sees it. And we turn from that and say, I don't want that in my, in my life anymore. And we know that when we, whatever hurtful things we're saying from the heart, there's something, or with the mouth, I should say, there's something there in the heart. And so when you're repenting, it's not just a change of mind, but it's a change of heart. And you have to say, okay, Lord, I've, I've devastated this person and it grieves me. And now, even if I may not restore quickly, hopefully in time, this individual who I've hurt, think about the other relationships that you are in and start focusing more on, okay, have I done what I've done to this person that destroyed this relationship? Have I been condescending not just to this person, let's say Bob, but maybe also to you know Jerry and to Larry and all these other people and start seeing if there's a pattern and have to then go to those people and ask for forgiveness. And reread this passage, meditate, this, meditate on this passage, memorize this passage, and learn that, yes, the tongue is like a horse, the tongue is like a ship, the tongue is like fire. But by the grace of God, God can work in me. God can restore me. And I, I meditate on his word, and I follow what the psalmist says in Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, verse 14 of Psalm 19, be acceptable into the sight of God, in the sight of God. And that's what you should pray for, my friends. 
So thank you guys for taking time to study James chapter three with me. I pray that God will use the word of God to minister to your heart and your soul and that you through studying and meditating and praying through scripture will be able to not only control your tongue, but you'll continue to stand strong in your faith. God bless you guys. I'll see you in the next episode. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the word of God.